Nightlife with Philip Clark on ABC Radio. It's time to talk tech. Asha Babashal is with us, the editor of Gizmodo Australia, uh, with the latest from the world of technology. Asha, good evening. Welcome back to Nightlife. Hello. Thanks for having me again. Great to have I'm you. Looking forward to this now. <laughs> Great to have you with us. Cyber security has been a big thing this week. The federal government's uh, talking about it, saying we need to bolster our national defences in cyber security. They've appointed a new coordinator for cyber security, which certainly sounds important. What are you making of it? Yeah, look, uh, and the, the way that Prime Minister Anthony Albanese described this role is that, and I, and I quote, uh, they will oversee the progress in giving Australian businesses and families confidence, stability and security in the face of rapidly evolving threats. Mm. And so I think he kind of hit it on the head there that people want somebody to blame or somebody to be accountable. Um, and, and and obviously, you know, the, the coordinator is there to make sure that all of the different departments and I guess all the moving parts come together. And, and then, of course, also to have this one person that will be accountable for it rather than, you know, palming it off uh, to Minister for Cybersecurity, for example, uh, which is Claire O'Neill. Mm. Yeah, I mean, off the back of that Medicare, uh, Medibank breach, sorry, last year, it's been... And it has been pretty costly. And I think a lot of people thought, what? What? What's going on? Aren't people people supposed to be stopping this kind of thing? Yeah, exactly. And I mean, as Medibank and Optus, and and while this was obviously tragic and completely awful, it kind of has brought the the concept of being cyber secure or even just the concept of data breaches happening globally to... Australian homes more than it was. It was kind of seen as something that we weren't touched, being geographically isolated from the rest of the world. But as you know, the internet has no geographic borders. Um, and, and so people are, you know, and I'm trying to find the, the silver lining here, of course. Um, mm. People are a bit more uh, careful with what they post online, with what information they give out, etc. cetera. Um, but it, it was, you're right, it was this these large breaches that have kind of, force the government to, to actually do something. And, and I think I, th- I think people are actually expecting that the government do something now. They, they, like yeah. I said, they wanted accountability and want some action from... Do you have any confidence in this, Sasha? Do, do you have any confidence that they actually, <laughs> A, know what they're doing and, B, have any ability to protect us anyway? Uh, we, we've got some great minds, um, mm. great minds in this country uh, working on on security. And you just have to look at the banks, uh, you know, our telcos, even government uh, agencies. I think Services Australia has the most cyber staff out of every organisation in Australia. Could be wrong, but at last Mm. kind of uh, publication of of that information, that was the case. Um, Just as quick as you can kind of get ahead of the, the criminals, the criminals are also then getting ahead as well at the same speed. So, instead of playing whack-a-mole, you kind of have to have a strategy in place to not necessarily prevent this, but steps of what to do to act quickly so you can then potentially prevent uh, the domino effect. Mm. But there's no such thing as a... I mean, I I suppose... I don't want to be pessimistic here, but there's no such thing as Mm -hmm. cyber security, is there? (laughs) Because you can't be secure. Exactly. There's no silver bullet. Um, and, And I think that, obviously, we all want... That, that silver bullet, that that way mm. to, or at least the promise that your data will be completely safe. But there, there's always the unknown. And I guess what this 
cyber coordinator and then uh, the strategy that they will be redoing hopefully by the end of the year will put some proactive steps into place to work out what exactly to do if you do suffer mm. a data breach so so it, it, you know it, it doesn't spread the ramifications don't spread like wildfire mm. in related news the government's also promising to fix a loophole in the, the privacy act to fix a loophole in data retention laws I mean, this annoys a lot of people, and rightly so, doesn't it? The fact that companies keep stuff when they don't need to, and long long after they really have to. Yeah, and so I, I mean, I'm I'm showing my age a little bit here, but it seems like just the other day that these mandatory data then sorry mandatory data. I can't even say this data retention regime, hmm. which was uh, it came into being back in 2015. And uh, since its inception, it's come under fire for many things, which wasn't limited to the fact that the legislation just didn't appear to be that thoroughly thought out. It was it was rushed through um, and it was revealed a couple of months later, the, the following year, that 61 agencies had asked for access to telecommunications metadata without, without a warrant. Obviously, that's what these uh, laws kind of allow, but 61 agencies that included the likes of the ATO. And while you can understand, maybe you can put in some justifications for why, uh, you know, the the, the big uh, important investigations the ATO does could potentially need access to metadata, but the likes of the Victorian RSPCA, Australia Post, a number of racing entities, and I don't mean to just signal, uh, sorry, single those entities out, there were 61 of them. It, it doesn't seem that they need this metadata for for law enforcement or life-saving reasons so uh this loophole will sorry this fix will close this loophole Mm. and and make it so it's just uh law enforcement or really kind of you know that we we tend to say kind of like life-saving requirements that Mm. that agencies will hopefully it'll it'll be narrowed down in scope with with who and uh with, with who can access and under what circumstances Okay. All right. Now, um, on to uh, other matters. Um, Boost Mobile is a mobile phone company. They've got an issue with Optus uh, over the yeah. word over the word Boost. It seems <laughs> right. Right. Um, I mean, you know, you ask Australians to mention companies or products that have the name Boost in them, and something by a certain chocolate manufacturer as a juice bar. Uh, you know, even the act of boosting. Um, you know, mm. something in your car or, or speakers come to mind, but Boost Mobile, yeah. So Optus announced uh, last week this internet and mobile boost, mm-hmm. which essentially allows customers to boost their NBN for 24 hours or their mobile service for a predefined time at a fee. So, um, I mean, it's a smart move from Optus. If I had far better NBN speeds for 24 hours, I'd probably consider upping my plan. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's not the deal, it's not the deal itself that is called the stir. As you said, it's the the name choice. So uh, Boost Mobile founder Peter Adderton, he considers Optus's choice of naming the offering, uh, naming it Boost, to be a deliberate attempt to trade off his company's Boost brand in success. <laughs> He's having so, himself on, isn't he? <laughs> well, Optus, Optus had until 5pm Friday to cease using the word. Um, and their comment to Gizmodo Australia was basically that it does not consider that any customer, and I quote, could confuse Boost Telecom with Optus. Uh, they used the word Boost Telecom instead of Boost Mobile twice. Uh, and so I think that that just goes to show, uh, you know, I don't know from the horse's mouth, but somebody, someone in legal had a had a 
had a good day, had a had a fun time with this one. I think there um, seems to be a little bit. I wanted to say antagonistic, but I, th I think they're just commenting mm. on on. Uh, and look, I, I don't want to come across as being on either company's side, but it is a fairly common word. And, and uh, do, we then, so. do we then go look at every company with the word mobile in their name? To paraphrase the castle or to quote from the castle, tell him he's, dream <laughs> tell him he's dreaming. <laughs> yeah. All right. Now, uh, the Mobile World Congress is on in Barcelona this week. This is where all, of course, the groovy new gadgets and tech comes uh, gets unveiled. Anything interesting? Yeah. So we've only just recovered from CES, which was in Las Vegas uh, in January. So while CES is kind of seen as the TVs, robots, gadgets, kind of gangbusters innovations that, mm. that everyone around the world is, is coming up with. Mobile World Congress is more so the the guts of the things that you use, right? So the the chips, the networks, uh, the incredible innovations in, um, you know, data transfer, um, the, basically anything that needs something to run on is what you'll find at uh, Mobile World Congress. But um, we still get some gadget announcements. So we've got a flipping phone from Oppo coming to the Aussie market. Um, some new tablets from TCL. Lenovo also used, a laptop maker Lenovo also used the, the trade show to unveil a, a prototype that it's working on, which is a foldable laptop screen. So if you can kind of a picture- fold, a, a foldable laptop. Yeah. So kind of picture like a projector screen coming down, you know, the old one from a classroom where you would yeah. pull down on the, yeah. It was like a, roller, was like a roller blind, yeah. Right, right. So similar technology to that to allow the, so, so I guess that the, uh, pardon me, so that the screen doesn't crack or, or fold uh, crease lines onto itself. So it's just in prototype stage at the moment, but they've showed it off before. And, and this seems, obviously I'm, I'm coming to you from Sydney, not Barcelona, but it seems that this is, a definite upgrade to what the last time we saw it. So it's definitely one to watch. Um, yeah, a ton of network, of 5G network boost innovations from Qualcomm uh, and op operating system upgrades from Google. So it's great news for people that use an Android. Nokia have got a new smartphone. Whatever happened to Nokia? They sort of disappeared for a while, didn't they? They did. But interestingly, uh, about 10 years ago, maybe a little bit longer, they came out with a phone called the Asha. And I stupidly did not grab one, uh, mm. missed opportunity there, but they're trying to make themselves re-relevant in, right. the, in the phone, in the phone space. They got done. Uh, they really just lost out to, to, to Apple when they launched, when Apple launched the iPhone that Nokia was the, the dominant brand, wasn't it? But then almost, right. almost overnight, they just got blasted out of the water. Well, this is the thing. They've been very, very busy behind the scenes. Mm -hmm. So they're partnering with telcos around the world, including in Australia for, the telecommunications hardware um so they're still okay. very much involved they just shifted gears a little bit from consumer facing to being more enterprise facing oh, okay um so there's the engineers are still working hard but yeah they've they've announced a new phone for australia it actually looks kind of cute plus uh comes with an iFixit partnership which means that you can repair the phone um without having to take it in let's just say to a genius bar really what do you mean repair it yourself yeah, so Nokia is exploring the DIY repairable tech niche with its new phone. Okay. So it's been, yeah, it's been developed with, uh, in collaboration with iFixit, which is a DIY repairs guide, kind of website advocacy organization that offers instructions on how to repair consumer electronics. Okay. So 
you, I guess you, you deal with them kind of as a broker of the, of the spare parts that you need, uh, and they'll help you with, uh, I guess, instructions or how to on, on how to repair the specific part that you need repairing on. Obviously, if it's something uh, like battery issues, screen damage, charging ports, they're all common issues that you can fix, but uh, anything kind of internal or if it's hmm. being soaked in water when it shouldn't be, you'll still probably require you know, sending your phone away rather than fixing it yourself. Rather than the jar of rice. Hmm. Okay. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> exactly. All right. Um, interesting. Asha, always good to talk. Thank you. Thank you so very much. You've been listening to a Nightlife podcast. For more great conversations about the issues that impact you, as well as features on travel and food, head to the Nightlife webpage. You'll find it at abc.net.au slash nightlife. You don't need to be a night owl to enjoy the nightlife. 